Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Lovely to be with you this morning. It's great to be able to share the Word with you this morning, Claire. So, should we pray? Yes. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would come in right now. Send your Holy Spirit and give us words to say. Would you open our ears to hear your words? Holy Spirit, will you give us the boldness to act upon those words? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to get really practical today, aren't we, we are. Wayne? And so you want to get your notebook out, and we're going to get some practical advice today on how do we get through some storms in life. Yeah. The storms of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve's been mentioning a lot in his sermons about storms, mm-hmm. and I love boats. In my office, I've got a, a model that I built out of wood and things. Really stunning boat, and I love the old-fashioned sea, you know, the, the, the captains of old and the setting sail and the, the wind in the sails. I love that kind of stuff. And Steve gave us two great sermons on boats. The one was uh, Ships That Never Sail, mm-hmm. how fear can actually pin us into a harbour. And because of that fear, we never set sail. We never actually pursue what God has got for us. The second sermon that he did was, on this day, we set sail. And it was all about, come on, every single day, we're going to push on just five more minutes. We're going to fight another round. Mm -hmm. And even though the storms of life have hammered us, and even now in this coronavirus, that's a storm, isn't it? It's like something has got on top of us. Uh, maybe you're battling a health storm right now. It could be cancer in your body or a heart disease. Uh, maybe it's a relationship problem. Maybe it's finances. And Gordon said to hold on to Jesus in the storm. Do you remember us taking the kids out on a sailboat? And the sails were moving from one side to the other because of the wind. And they were shouting out, Jesus, save us. Yes, they did. Much <laughs> to my annoyance. <laughs> Which reminds me of a story, I think, in the Bible. It does. It? Well, why don't we read that? If you've got your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 4. And I've asked Claire to read this. Mark 4, verse 35 through to 41. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they woke him, and they said, Teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? Then he arose, and he rebuked the wind and the sea. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said to one another, Who can this be, that even the wind and the sea obey him? That's a great story, Mm. and we know it very, very well. But some very interesting things here. Um, A storm. Clear, the purpose of a storm is to kill you. Mm. Plain and simple to kill you. Your storms disrupt, they drown us, they swamp us, they blow us off course. They so intense sometimes. It's like these thunderstorms we've been having the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. in that heat. They're life-threatening. Uh, at the best of times, we battle to contain them and contend with them. And often we find ourselves getting like a milkshake brain in a storm. We can't think clearly. It's all foggy. We, we really back mm-hmm. to apply ourselves, don't we? I think with storms, we often see where it 
it's not planned. The storm mm. just arises. It's that text. It's the phone call. It's the email that drops in. Mm. You, you were not expecting it. And it. It just sets you off guard, doesn't it? And in, I think it's in Luke's gospel, it says that they thought they were in jeopardy. And jeopardy is like a life threat. Okay. So when we suddenly see that bad news or that storm come up, we, th- we feel almost threatened. Yeah, your boat, your lifeboat mm. is filling up with water. You feel you're drowning and it is real. And it freaks me out sometimes when people come and they get so spiritual. The Lord taught me some beautiful lessons during the storm. <laughs> what? What storm are you in? You know, like <laughs> the storms are designed to kill you. Uh, here's a verse that uh, I, I love, one of my favorite verses, John chapter 10, verse 10. Let's read it quickly. This is the New Living Translation. It says this, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. In the New International Version says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy. What's the purpose of a storm? It's to kill you. Satan has an attack on your life. The cancer and the sickness that's on your body or the heart attack is not there to teach you a lesson. It is there to destroy you. And we need to get get this right. The devil is a bad devil and God is a good God. You see, that verse doesn't finish there. The purpose of the storm is to unsettle you, to steal and kill and rob from you. But Jesus carries on and he says this, my purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. And the NIV says, I have come that they might, might have life and have it to the full. So here we see the storms of life have come to break us and to crush us. But Jesus says, I can turn this around. If Jesus is in your boat, and we call out to him, mm-hmm. he can turn that situation around. Doesn't that remind you of that verse in Romans where it says that God will make sure that all things work to the good of those who love him? Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. So yes, you might be going through a storm right now. It might be COVID, it might be health, it might be finances, it could be a relationship. But I want to tell you with Jesus... We can take that storm that was meant to destroy you and we can turn it around. And yes, we can actually learn a lesson. We can grow. Some of our greatest growing experiences in our lives come from storm situations with Jesus. Yeah. Well, the point is that we don't just stay in the storm, that we reach out to Jesus. We've been talking a lot about circles, haven't we? We have. And we've got our family circle. Sometimes it uh, the storm doesn't affect every circle, does it? It could be something really in, in your circle. family or it could be in your workplace. Yeah. But the point is that we have to reach out to Jesus That's right. in that storm. In that storm, in that circle, yeah. Now, we, we talk a lot about storms. We know there's storms. They're we all do. around us. But, Wayne, how do we navigate storms? It's all very well to say they're all around us and how they're affecting us. That's right. But how... There's a way, I think, that we can get through these storms and be victorious. And that's the purpose of this series that we want to do, Claire. You know what? I'm stating the obvious that there are storms in life. Storms of life is not a great sermon, but navigating through the storms of life is a great solution. So we want to spend the next couple of weeks looking at how do we navigate through the storms of life. And it's going to be really practical. We're not going to get all super duper spiritual. We're going to get really practical on this. But now, Claire, you mentioned something. You talked about circles. Mm -hmm. And you know that I've I've kind of got the circle thing going at the (laughs) moment. Did you notice in the story that when Jesus set sail with the boys, that there was, and lots of boats were with them? Mm. 
It wasn't just one boat. There were multiple boats. Have a look at That's verse 36. Right. It says, And now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. Yeah. Those little boats, maybe one boat was, could I say, a work boat. Maybe one was your family boat. Maybe one was a fa- uh, uh, um, maybe relationship boat. But you know what? Jesus needs you to call out to him and calm the storm because you mm. impact on and your circle overlaps other circles. Your workplace boat is needing you to calm the storm. It's needing you to have Jesus into your Jesus in your circle interacting with their circle brings peace. They also experience the calm and the peace thanks to the disciples calling out on Jesus. We read that verse that says all things work out together for the good of those who love him. Mm-hmm. But that verse is actually context of prayer. Did they call out to Jesus? And the, thank goodness in the story they did. <laughs> they called to Jesus and Jesus calmed the storm. Oh, that's good news for us. Now, there are three storms here, Claire. Yeah. Did you see them? <laughs> well, <laughs> the, tell us about it. The first storm that you see is obviously the physical storm. Man, they were bailing out the water and they was trying, maybe you're bailing out and you're trying to get your health right. Or maybe it's your finances. It's a physical storm that you're going through right now. But then we get to the next storm. The second storm that these guys encountered wasn't a physical, it was emotional. You see, they ran to Jesus and said, Jesus, do you not care that we are dying? We're drowning here. Do you not care? Help us. And so what happened was, it wasn't, the problem wasn't that they were going through the storm. It was that the storm got into them. Now they were super emotional, weren't they? Correct. (laughs) And so their physical has a storm, but secondly, the emotional realm also now starts to experience a storm. And all of a sudden, the thing you're going through, finances or health or COVID, instead of just being physical, it becomes emotional. And we have these roller coasters and depression and anxiety and panic attacks. All sets in, doesn't it? It does. The third storm that we go through in life is a spiritual storm. When Jesus stands up and calms the storm, he turns to them and says, where's your faith? And there's a storm, there's a a new realization. They said, who is this man, Jesus? Mm. He took authority, didn't he? He He had the authority. And it's often the thing when I look at these stories, Wayne, is who am I in this story? What character am I? Am I the disciple that's allowed that storm to get inside of me? Or am I having Christ in me? Christ lives in me. And Mm. do I rise up with the authority that he's given me to still the storm? So who are we in this storm? That's right. Who do we identify with? I think so often I identify with the the victim. And, oh, woe is me. But maybe I need to start thinking, hang on, Jesus asked me to get in the storm and start calming things. He said, greater works than what I do, you're going to do too. It's fantastic that we call out to Jesus. But... We have Christ in us. We can also still the storm. He's given mm-hmm. us the power and authority, hasn't he? He has. Yeah. Well, come on, Claire, let's dive in this. We're going to go and have a look at our very first storm, the physical storm this mm-hmm. week. So we're going to spend the next couple of minutes looking at that. Um, Claire and I did a great leadership conference recently, and uh, he was talking to us about leadership things. And um, this, I thought, really would apply to all of us. And your first, first thoughts are, well, I'm not a leader. But you know, we are all leaders. Mm-hmm. And what really jumped out at me, Claire, is I'm a leader of my family. So are you. Some of you have kids or grandkids. You're a leader. You're leading them. And so when you sit in your family and there's a storm erupting, they are watching you. That's right. And how do you lead in a storm? 
work is another. Mm. You might be leading a team at work mm. or maybe a church, you're leading a small team. So all of us lead in different scenarios or situations and people are watching us. How do we behave? So I thought there's some really good practical lessons that we could learn and do, okay, to lead in a storm. You see, the first point that, they, that we make and the first thing that we need to think of is don't try and manage the storm. These storms that life brings us is so much bigger. You know, I get so worked up with COVID and trying to understand all the different rules and regulations, what we can do, what we can't do, and your blood starts to boil and there is absolutely nothing that I can do about it in the physical. Is that right? What they're saying and what we're learning is here, we need to start to lead in the storm, not react to the storm, but lead in it. Just imagine the waves and massive, maybe three or four meters high waves crashing down on a surfer. As long as that surfer just lies in the water stagnant, the waves are going to pummel him. They're going to beat him up. They're going to roll him around and smash him into the rocks in the sand. So what does the surfer do? He gets up on his board and he starts to lead. He goes in front of the wave and he allows the motion and the power of the wave to propel him forward. You see, we don't just sit reactively. We start to lead in a storm. Well, a leader is somebody that moves when right. and you're going somewhere. And if a storm makes you paralyzed, stops you in your tracks and you have a meltdown emotionally, you're not going to lead anybody. They won't want to follow you. That's right. So you have to lead in a positive way. Yeah. You have to be up and believing and trusting God regardless of the storm and the wind. And Peter is an example of that, isn't he? As soon as those waves affected him, he was just starting to sink. Yeah. He wasn't leading anymore. That's right. He was dropping to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. We can't allow the waves and the wind to affect um, ourselves. That's right. We need to lead through that storm. Mm. Let me give you three points on how we can lead in a storm. Mm. And these are very, very practical. Point number one. Whenever you're dealing with, maybe it's children or co-workers or whoever you're leading, would you please give them some hope and clarity? Mm. These are not unprecedented times that we're going through. It's not. We've actually been through the 1918 Spanish flu, haven't mm. we? And you know that history shows that some churches actually thrived. Mm. They went onto the streets. They started to grow even in and amongst that pandemic. We can give people, our kids, we can give our grandkids, we can give our colleagues hope. We can give them and say, listen, we, we are going to get through this. We're going to be fine. So it's been through world wars, two we world have. wars. And there's a strength and a trust that we can lean on Jesus. And that shines through and that's what people will see in us. That's, that's what right. people will be drawn to. To And you will become a leader just because they will see who you are trusting on. That's right. So point number one is we want to give clarity and hope. Point number two, though, is we need to provide resources. And, and I think this is something easy that we can do. You say, well, I don't have resources. We do. If you're leading a family, have you thought of just linking up and providing your kids and your grandkids with the links that Claire has provided for us for the super kids? 
There's some great resources online that can help them and entertain them and, and grow them spiritually and physically as well. Um, what about just sharing the link of this podcast and our church online and, and share it with people because that's going to encourage them. If you don't know, contact your connect group leader. There are resources, books, there are courses that we can do. So if you're battling depression, we have a course for depression. If you're battling some other area of your life, we must probably on our shelves have got something that could help you. So during the storm, provide resources to your team or to the people that you're working with. And I think some very good advice is to stop just filling your head with what's on the news and all the negative media because that will send you into a depressed state or That's right. that is not giving you hope and it's the word of God that will give you hope. Well that's our third point communication. Mm. You see, when we give communication and we're going to communicate with our team, it's got to be clear, just as clear as just said. If we're going to get so engrossed with the news and the latest information, and let's face it, a lot of it is just hype and misinformation, we can't communicate poorly. We've got to communicate excellent. Here's quick four points on how to communicate. Number one, communicate simply. Be as clear, this is what's happening, this is what we're going to do, and this is what we can expect. Keep it simple. Don't add your voice and think, well, I think this and I think that. And, you know, I've got an aunt who went through that and an uncle who went through that. And I think this. All you're doing is clouding the issue. And miscommunication, miscommunication. comes in is where you're telling your family, we're going to be strong. We're going to trust the Lord. And you have time in the word. And, and then you turn away and put the TV on and fill yourself full of That's that. Right. Then, then your brain becomes mixed Fuzzy. up. Correct. Yeah. We don't want that clear, simple mm. communication. Number two for communication is empathy. You know, we don't want to be so spiritually minded that we know earthly good. It's no good going to someone and say, well, I just believe God, if the virus touches me, it's going to drop down dead. And it's, Well, that's great if you believe that, but not everyone is at the same level that you are. So we need to empathize with people and say, you know, I know it is hard. I know what you're going through is tough. Facing that disease is horrible and we're going to pray with you and we're going to want to support you and we want to help you. So we need to talk with and communicate to people with empathy. And the third thing is be honest. Don't lie to a person, tell them it's all going to be fine and it's, it's going to go away tomorrow and you're going to wake up and everything will be fine. Sometimes we need to be honest. We need to be honest sometimes and say this COVID thing might be with us for a couple of years. Uh, it might not be all over by Christmas or by day, the November. Maybe the schools aren't all going to suddenly just miraculously open. We might have a couple of roller coaster times. And we need to be honest uh, with each other as we discuss these things. But just like the story, Jesus said, let's go to the other side. And mm. we can. We can navigate the storm together. And it might be a, a day at a time sort of thing where you say, Lord, give me strength mm. for today. That's and right. You will navigate and give me authority over this part of the storm today. Perhaps somebody's going through a cancer treatment, chemotherapy, mm. and each day they're feeling completely different. And the Lord is your strength each day. That's right. And you can take authority over sickness each day. That's right, one day at a time. go through it to the yeah, other that's side. That's right. The last thing about communication was being expectant. Mm. I love what Gordon was saying. There's an eternal perspective mm. to this. We mustn't, like Claire was just saying, we mustn't think this is the end. Every single day we'll take a risk, go one more step. Like uh, Steve said, fight one more round. Yeah. Come on, get up and dust yourself off. I'm going to do one more day. If I can survive one more day, I'm going to press through one more day. And you'll see the power of God mm. coming on the situation. Mm. So let me just quickly summarize that. When you're leading in a storm, there are three things you do. Firstly, you get clarity and hope. Secondly, you provide 
provide resources and support. Thirdly, you provide good communication. And the way they communicate is to be simple, empathy, be honest, and be expectant. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, you've got a great story for us, haven't you, yes. in the Bible? Yes, um, I wanted us to have a look at Revelations. Um, you know, it's all very well when we go through storms, Wayne, is you um, say navigate them, but sometimes these little things in our lives that open up uh, opportunity mm. for the enemy to come yeah, in, no. and when s storms come in, they are much worse. Mm. So I think there's some things that we can do to stop the enemy coming in to yeah. our lives. So I wanted us to have a look at Revelations um, chapter three, and here Jesus is actually giving a revelation to John on the Isle of Patmos of the different churches, and he's talking to the different churches. And this specific one is talking to the church at Sardis. And he's, he's giving them a bit of a warning. And he says, The angel of the church in Sardis write these things, he says, He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works and that you, you have a name and that you're alive but you're dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things that remain, that you are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. It's interesting this, if you focus on verse um, 1, it says, I know your works, that you have a name, and that you're alive, but you're dead. <laughs> you're alive, but you're dead. Yeah. They had a name. They had a, a reputation. And some of us have found ourselves in this COVID situation. We thought we thought we had a reputation. I thought I was strong, Wayne. I thought I could mm. I could make it through anything. I could do this thing. Maybe it's an illness. I thought I was strong. I can do this. Where did that strong strength come from? What was what's the background behind that? Well, they had a reputation. A reputation. So the church at Sardis, they, well, it was in an area where there was the city, and it was on a quite a high mm. hill. I saw a picture of it. Yeah. And their foundations were amazing and they were felt like they were impenetrable. But they weren't keeping an eye on their foundations and mm. they were slowly crumbling away. And one night they were attacked by their enemy. And the cracks in the foundations had so widened over time that men could actually fit wow. through these cracks. Wow. <laughs> and to the horror of the king of that city, the enemy stood inside his bedroom ready to kill him so one night while they all asleep the enemy crawls through the cracks gets into this impenetrable fortress of a city mm. and uh, next thing there's a knife to their throats and they had surrounded the city they were inside the city <laughs> they were in the king's bedroom all because they weren't keeping a check on their foundations mm. so they were rich they were wealthy they were thought they were impenetrable but you see their reality and what they thought of themselves didn't line up. And mm. I think that sometimes happens to us. We, we think we're okay. We think we're... Yeah, okay. We think the storms of life will never It'll get us never down. never take me Never happen to me. But the reality was that they'd become weakened in their foundations. And, and these are things we need to look at as Christians, isn't it? Mm. How's our prayer life? How's our word time? Mm. Are we strong in the Lord? 
or have we just leaning on perhaps something that we maybe did in the habits past? and things we did in the past, mm-hmm. and we think we've got it all together. But this week we're focusing really on the physical, aren't we? That's right. So I'm sure there must be some things that we can do, and that reminds me of our culture statement, doesn't it? Can mm-hmm. you remind us what is that culture statement? It's, it says to pursue health, and the strap line goes like this. Says, I am I living today in a way that will help me tomorrow? Am I living today in a way that's going to help me tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Am I living today physically mm-hmm. in a way that's going to help me physically tomorrow? It's a really good question, isn't it? Well, physically, let's just start with health, shall we? Mm-hmm. Seeing we're mm-hmm. talking about pursuing health. So if we allow the little snacks in, and don't go to Greg sausages. <laughs> and the, the cholesterol starts rising mm-hmm. and we end up with a heart attack. What have we done? We've actually opened the crack. Well, we allowed the cracks to materialize. Mm-hmm. Have any of you noticed that the buttons on your shirts are getting a little tighter and there are cracks starting to appear some, on your belly buttons? Some COVID bellies <laughs> appearing. <laughs> What's happened is actually, Claire's right, we, we have got into la-la land. We've gone into yeah. daydream mode and we are not working on our physical yeah. health today and that could actually impact us tomorrow you see it's one thing having a core of god on your life but if we are so unhealthy or in physically in such bad shape we might never be able to fulfill what god's got for us because of our physical limitations that's what that scripture says in revelations we think we're okay but in actual fact we're close to dead so we, we yeah. <laughs> There's a verse that comes up here, Claire. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. Um, it says there, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a great uh, Greek scholar. He loves to, one of my favorite authors, and he, he interprets the Bible and he knows the Greek backwards. And he took that verse and he gave us the exact rendering of what it means. It says this. If anyone has the opinion of himself that he is standing strong and firm, he needs to be continually watchful and always on his guard, lest he trips, he stumbles and falls from his overconfident position and takes a nosedive downwards to a serious crash. I think that's what that church of Sardis that Jesus was writing about was like. We're not paying attention to those foundations. And as a result of that, cracks form and I love that. The and the enemy, enemy gets in through the cracks in your shirt or wherever mm-hmm. not. So well, we were thinking of where do we let the enemy in? Where do those cracks come? Could it be your screen time? That's right. What are we watching? Is that an open door? Is that where the enemy's well, creeping in? Well, that screen time is social media. Mm-hmm. That screen time would also be maybe uh, some naughty images that we're starting to get involved with. Mm-hmm. So we need to do a check of the cracks. Are we creating cracks and getting casual about our screen time? How many hours a day are you on social media? How many are you are you looking at screens when you mm-hmm. shouldn't be, when the wife or the kids aren't around? Okay, that's a crack that you're opening. And when you open that crack, the enemy can get in. So are we living in a way today today that will help me tomorrow? How about our time that we spend in the office? There's some people out there and we get challenged to you on this. Are you a workaholic? And we're so proud about it as well. (laughs) I worked 18 hours yesterday. That's not to be proud about. You've got a family. 
And so if we start spending too much time in the mm-hmm. office, what happens to our family? We've opened up a, a crack. crack. Mm. And who suffers? Not just the family, but you do too. That's right. Because your health you're goes tired shoo. and you're grouchy. But also, if you're spending that amount of time in the office, sometimes you start to develop wrong relationships in the office. Mm. Because you're spending more time with other people, you've got to be careful. Make sure you don't allow a crack in the office to open up and the enemy creep in that way. So yes, we've got to look at our computer screen and device screens. We've got to look, secondly, at the office. But what about our financial life? Mm. What about our money life? Now, oh, we, we, sorry, oh, we shouldn't mention money. We're on church. I forgot. <laughs> we're at church. We don't talk about money at church. Yeah. Is he still first place? Is it, you know, tithing is important because we want the blessing of the Lord in our lives. But um, Teresa shared a great message last, last week. Yeah. If you want to go listen next, last week's. Well, Claire, I've got to think for you. There's three things regarding money. Mm-hmm. When you get your, save, your paycheck, there's some money that you need to spend. Okay, on your electricity and your bills and also having fun. Maybe go out for dinner. You've got to do that. But there's a second portion of your finances you need to save. And we say saving for a rainy day. You need to be putting something aside for your pension. And you need to be saving something. And then what Claire mentioned was a third one. We need to be givers. We need to be supporting the kingdom of God. We're going to be supporting ministries. And we need to have a balance. Could you just take five minutes and do a check on the cracks, are there any in our finance life? Saving is so important. It is. It, it, that will help us with storms. Have you got a budget? Because sometimes when the car does break down, mm. then it's not so much of a storm, is it, Wayne? Mm. Because you've covered that crack. You've got some savings in the account. That's a wonderful feeling, Claire. Well, I learned that when I was a young man, you and I, we, wanted, uh, we just got married and we were spending right up to every penny every single month. And then one day our car broke down. We blew, the cylinder head went and it was a major, almost like a new engine needed to go in and we had no cash. I tell you what, I learned a lesson that day. A storm of life hit and Claire and I walked, these two little legs walked around for weeks and weeks because we had no money as a young married couple to fix that. And now every single month we put money aside for the MOT for replacement of a car. And you know how good it feels when the car's sunny, you hear a noise and say, no worries, honey. I've got some money set aside. I can go and get that sorted. I've been saving for the last 10 years. I'm ready and prepared for this. So Come on, finance is important. today in mm-hmm. a way that will benefit us? So mm-hmm. good. What about our physical bodies? Mm-hmm. Come on, our, our physique, our, our, what we're eating, what we're consuming. And exercising. And exercising. Are we doing something today that will help and benefit us tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Or are we just couch potatoes watching online TV? And some of these things are linked because, you know, if we spend too much time at the office, it affects our marriage or That's our right. family life. So we need to be watchful for our marriages how much time do we spend there? Are we valuing that person? Because some people find a lot of value in their work. Mm-hmm. And that's not healthy for us. Well, marriage is a big one, Claire. You don't just gloss over it. I think we need to just park here for a moment. Mm-hmm. Marriage, your sex life. Yes, I said the word. <laughs> okay. But you know what? If your marriage isn't going to be healthy, it's not going to help you propel you in the future. Mm-hmm. You could be creating a storm right now. When last did you go on a date night with your wife? And let's face it, sex, all fits, I'm going to be blunt and tell you, all sex is in the context of godly marriage. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're referring to here. 
So are you and your wife, are you guys having a good relationship? Are you working on it or is this a crack that's opening up that's going to turn around and an enemy is going to get in? So the point that Claire and I are trying to make is we need to look after our physical being, don't allow cracks in workplace, your screen life, your finances, your body, your marriage. Mm. There's a verse there we want to end with in Revelations chapter 3 and verse 2. It says this, Be watchful, mm. strengthen the things that remain. Go back to what you heard first. Cars, mm. when we're going through a storm, we need to prepare, we need to close those cracks. We need to call out for Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, will you help me with this? Even though it's physical things, it's dieting, it's cutting down, it's watching my screen time. Can we invite Jesus right now in? Remember, your circle with Jesus then impacts other people's circles. It impacts your family circle, your work circle. Mm -hmm. Can we just ask Jesus in right now? Mm -hmm. Come on, let's bow our heads together. And we're going to end uh, the, this week's service together. And we'll be worshipping in a minute. But before we do that, let's just invite Jesus in. Can we do that? Yes. I think the start, it starts with us, doesn't it? Mm. The change has to start with us. And so we can ask the Holy Spirit to just show us perhaps where those cracks are and mm. where we can get strengthened a good idea. and ask Him to That's help right. us. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit, we come this morning and we ask you that you would shine a light on the places that perhaps have cracked open where the foundations have got weak and the enemy has come in and where there's storms, he's rattled us. So, Lord, we want to come back and be watchful and strengthen the things that remain, to go back to the Word of God, to find our strength and our trust in you, to come back to you, Jesus, and help us through this storm. Mm. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you'll reveal to us places where we open, we got cracks. Mm. We don't want to be dead. We don't want to be blasé to the, the cracks in our foundations. So we're going to change these things by your power that's going to enable us. Mm. Because I can do all things through Christ right. who strengthens me. Amen, amen and amen. Claire, I just, I feel a little bit overwhelmed having to, all this to change. Mm. My goodness, I've got to look after my work. I've got to work, look after finances, this and this and this. Where do I start? Mm. Where do I start? Well, what we could do, Wayne, is just to look at one thing. One thing. One thing at a time. You know, when you go to a change room and you want to fit on some new clothes, you don't do the whole lot at once, do you? Mm -mm. You perhaps try on the top or you try on the shoes. It's one thing at a time. So a perhaps that's the thing that we could do is in, in this time where we're going to be talking about navigating change, we're going to give you a table of various areas where you can look at your life and say, you know what, that area there needs sorting. Why don't we look at one area at a time? Mm. Maybe take it one month at a time. That's right. And focus on that one thing. And when you feel that better about that point, then mm. move on to the next. So what's the one thing that I could change that would make me better for mm. it? Out of that list that I gave you, work, computer, finances, body, your marriage, what's the one thing that stands out that's clearly the Holy Spirit pushing your button right now? Why don't you address that thing this week? Maybe it's you look at the list and you say, what thing could I get rid of that would Cut make out. me better? Greg, sausage rolls. <laughs> right, I know what to do. God bless you, everyone. Have a great week. 
and we're going to see you next week. Bye.